Okay, let's get into season... We haven't been talking for the last two hours. I don't know what you mean. No, we have not. This is Evan and I coming off recording a mini-sode, and we're slap happy, but we're going to get into it. We're excited to barrel towards the end of season two with you all. Welcome to the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I am your other host, Evan, and welcome back, everyone. And today, what we're working on episode... Well, uh, 2010. Uh, 2010. Yes. I'm dumb. 2010. <laughs> Season 2, episode 10, A Great Cause. Um, I genuinely really like this episode. Is it because there's more Mandy than usual? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 100%. But I love me some Mandy. And is it because the episode aired on my 17th birthday? Yeah, I'm a little bit partial to the episodes that air on March 18th. Because it aired on March 18th, 2012, my 17th birthday. Every time you put a date when these were released and you say how old you were, it always puts in, I always forget how old, how much older you are than me. (laughs) I was 11 when this episode came out. Fuck, man. Good God. I was finishing high school. I was probably, what, in fifth grade then, I think. I don't know. Goddamn. I'm going to jump out the window. That's... (laughs) It's so weird because, like, I'm 20 now, so, like, it's not even, like, that big of an age gap, but it's just, like, damn, I was young as hell when this episode came out. Yup. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm old. I'm an old, old woman. This came out in 2012, nine years ago now, because it's 2021 now. It was my 17th birthday. (laughs) Also, the fact that it is two months away from being March again, when... I haven't processed last March. Like, it's still March. I don't even remember February of last year. Like, how am I supposed to go through another February? <laughs> I remember February of last year because I was going into my job at a movie theater and they were just handing us hand sanitizer and telling us this was no big deal. I was taking the train the train in public to work in a box office at a movie theater in February of last year for cats. I think today is like the year anniversary of like the first cases coming out of like China and stuff like that. Great. Yep. Happy because anniversary. For the record, today is January 11th, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's almost March again. And I like I turned 25 last March. I, I have decided that next year I am also 25. Oh my goodness. This year doesn't count. I turned 21 this year. That feels weird. Like, I don't think it's fair that I lost all of 25 to a panoramic, to a, to a Panera, to a, (laughs) to Pangea, to a pandemonium, to no, ugh. but back in the good old days of 2012, I was 17 years old. And I was 11. This episode was airing just as a little birthday gift to me because I was a live viewer from the pilot, uh, which means I started watching when I was 15, 16. That was too young to be watching this show. Way too young. I definitely was exposed to the show because my mom watched it when I was younger. So I was watching the show when I probably shouldn't have because I have one distinct memory that I remember watching it when I wasn't supposed to was the the very first dugout scene in season three, right? Two. Two. Yes, season two. Yeah. Earlier this season. That seemed like 100 years ago. We've been doing yeah, it really does. That's why time. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> Although we've only been doing this podcast for, uh, what, nine months? And we're near the end of season two. It will be a year in what, March or April? Yeah. So it's 10 months. We've been doing this for 10, 10 months-ish. And we've gotten two, through two seasons and done some minisodes. Look, Look at us. us. Look at us. I'm pretty proud of us. Yeah. 
but yeah, this episode, A Great Cause, was written by Eaton Frankel and Latoya Morgan, our all-star. Queen of all, always there. Eaton? Ethan? I don't know. It's E-T-A-N. Etten? Uh, he's also credited as a producer on the show through 2016. This is the third of 13 episodes he has written. His last writing credit for the show was the episode Happily Ever After, a.k.a. the Ian and Mickey road trip and goodbye at the border. So that's season seven? Seven. seven. Gotcha. Yeah. That was the last thing he was wrote on, and he stopped being a producer in 2016. And then Latoya Morgan, tried and true, our season two girl. Staff writer in 12 episodes. 15 episodes of Parenthood. She's on Washington Spies, The Badlands, The Walking Dead. She's an all-star. And then directed by Mimi Letter. Leader? Letter? I don't know. This is the second of six Shameless episodes she writes through season five. She got out before it got bad for a while. Or she directed. Three Boys in Season 1, A Great Cause, this one. A Long Way From Home in 2013, My Oldest Daughter in 2014, Hope Springs Paternal, and Drugs Actually. I don't remember any of those. Don't remember them, can't tell you what happened. I think Drugs Actually is uh, the one after Happily Ever After. In uh, Is Drugs Actually the Monica cocaine? I think that? so. Yeah. I don't know, I didn't watch season seven. Yeah, I did my she... rewatch earlier this year, so I'm, I'm a bit foggy. <laughs> She has also directed on ER, The Leftovers, The Morning Show, which is a kick-ass show, and many, many others. She's a very busy lady. Uh, The title of the episode, A Great Cause, I think it's about Mandy and the whole Mandy situation that goes down in this episode. Because uh, we left off last episode with Terry running into the house and beating the shit out of Ian because Mandy's uh, Mandy's pregnant. Wow. But we know it's it's not Ian's. Nope. The synopsis of this episode is Fiona starts to plan for her future now that Monica has returned because Monica is still back, but her reprieve may be short-lived. Steve conspires to reunite Estefania, his wife, with her true love so he can be with Fiona. Lip and Ian learn the true identity of Mandy's baby, but like it should say the true identity of the father of Mandy's baby. Yeah. The previously almost done. The rest of the previously ones for the rest of the season are done by Frank. I feel like they just stopped trying to include the other cast members, and then we get a little flashback to the previously on. The previously on, uh, Fiona was offered an assistant manager job at the club she normally waitresses at. Carl needs to get a job before returning to school to put money in the squirrel fund. Sheila wants to be a hospice worker. Monica is back in the picture and is off her bipolar meds, but is playing the good old mom for now, as always. Lip dropped out of school, so Fiona kicked him out, and he's crashing with Jimmy. Jimmy is married, but wants Fiona back, but is afraid of his wife's dad, the runner of a drug cartel. His wife is in love with somebody else. Karen kicked Jody out, so Sheila fucked him. (laughs) Lip and Mandy have fucked in the past. Mandy is pregnant, and Terry burst into the house, beating the shit out of Ian about it, because officially Ian is Mandy's boyfriend. And that's what you missed on. Shameless. (laughs) we open the episode frank is waking carl and debbie and liam up at 1 a.m with monica so they can go downstairs and watch paranormal activity at one in the morning on what i think we're assuming is halloween i guess they don't really don't specific like go into specifics as always but they just wake them up and like liam like let that baby sleep like, they have the kids' Halloween candy and school in the morning, so I'm gonna go ahead and guess that it's, like, either Halloween night or, like, right after Halloween going into November. They woke all the kids up in the middle of the fucking night to watch paranormal activity. If it wasn't a massively bad idea, this scene would be really cute, though. 
Like yeah, all of them. but like we know what's coming and we know it just Monica and Frank, no, gross. Leave the poor kids alone. It's because they were woken up in the middle of the night to start watching a movie. When Debbie and Carl wake up in the morning for school, they are, right, fucking tired. They're tired. And Fiona doesn't know why, because Fiona doesn't know about the little secret movie party they had downstairs. Monica's still trying to be super mom. She tries to encourage Fiona. She's like, you used to go for a run every morning. You would run eight miles every day. And she's like, look, I'm doing better. I made the kids breakfast. I made their lunches for school. You should go on a run. She's like trying to show that like, I am here. I am present. You can relax. And of course, Fiona's so hesitant because Monica's played this game before. Yeah. And then Jimmy Steve calls. He is at the house. He's outside with amazing news that he is importing Estefania's boyfriend, Marco. And he's like, this fixes things. I, she, I'm going to bring her boyfriend here and then I can be with you again. And Fiona's like, uh, no. No, that's not how that works. And when we cut over to Ian, uh, he's walking to work, trying to get Mandy on the phone, but she's not answering because he's still got Terry coming after him, even after Monica pulled him off of him the other night, because Terry thinks that Ian knocked Mandy up. So Ian walks up to work at the cash and grab. The front window is smashed in. He opens the door and there's just shit all over the floor. It's been ransacked in there. You know what would really help this situation? His security guard boyfriend, but he's in juvie. <laughs> Noel had to go do a cowboy show. Didn't end up going anywhere. At the Jackson house, however, Sheila is making creme brulee because she's a queen. Queen of baking. And Jody comes home with like a super large Amazon package and the sexual tension between the two of them in that package, very intense. Sheila's like, Sheila had sex with him, but now she's like, oh... Don't look at me. This That was wrong. Because she's, like, kind of embarrassed. Like, cause she basically, like, even though, like, Karen broke up with Jody, like, they're still, like, quote-unquote, like, whatever. So she's like, oh, I fucked my daughter's husband. Yeah. <laughs> she's feeling a little shame about it. But, like, a girl needs scratching it. Sheila, good for you. She's setting the house up. She's going to get a hospice patient from the priest. Uh, they're, like, the church can't handle anymore. So he's like, do you want me to help you set up the bed? She's like, no, no, actually. And please just go back out to your tent. I can't even look you in the eye. <laughs> I love her. And then Lip heads over to the cash and grab where Ian is cleaning up the mess and is like, what the fuck? And Ian says, Mandy's dad heard the news. Lip's first reaction, you and Mickey? <laughs> he knows. Every time I remember Lip knows about Mickey and Ian in the early seasons, I get a little flutter. I'm like, oh, right. He's known the whole time. They've literally been together Liam's entire life. I can't. Oh, my God. But no, Terry is currently on a warpath about Mandy being pregnant. And remember, when Lip and Mandy were fucking, she put a hand over Lip's mouth. She never told Ian that she fucked her brother. So Ian doesn't know that Lip could also be the father of this baby. Oh, true. I never thought about it in that way. I totally forgot about that. So yeah, Ian's freaking out and Lip just heard that the girl that he had sex with is pregnant. So he's like, am I going to be a dad to two babies? And, but he also asked Ian, he's like, well, did you have sex with her? He's like, was it a late night? You stuck it in the wrong Milkovich? <laughs> Fuck you, Lip. He's like visibly concerned, but Ian doesn't notice because Ian is worried about, you know, living. And Lip updates Ian on his living situation. He's like, oh, I'm staying at Jimmy's. Here is a ton of money. I'm going to just take a pack of smokes and leave. <laughs> so Jimmy is paying him well for whatever he's like got. Because what? He's basically like Estefania's babysitter. 
at this point. Sort of. And he's doing like some kind of hacking thing and helping him track down Marco. And then over at the ball house, Fiona and V catch up with each other. V has about a hundred pregnancy tests in a bag. Because every morning now she and Kev fuck and then she takes a pregnancy test. My favorite thing is when they're like doing that and like they only wait for like right as like Kev like obviously like comes or whatever and then she like slides off the bed and then like it stick like it lays with her legs like stuck up and she's like it helps it like get in better or whatever. I love that. <laughs> so she says that Kev went and got checked out. He's in the all clear. His swimmers are good but she hasn't been checked out yet but she's like I've had so many abortions the next one's free. <laughs> Girl, that might be the problem. Yeah, we fucked up your system a little bit. Fiona says she's taking the day off of being mom. She's letting Monica take over the house. And Fiona's like, I think I could maybe get a few good months in before Monica crashes. I think I could take advantage of this. And because she still thinks Monica is on her meds and not that super mom is a manic episode. Mm-hmm. Because, honey, you do not know what's coming. Speak of the devil, Monica is bringing Liam home from his doctor's appointment. So she successfully brought him to and brought him home from his doctor's appointment. Somehow. And she starts to make breakfast and goes to pull out the Crisco and discovers the Squirrel Fund with all of their saved money. <sighs> that, I, I, the moment I saw that scene, I was like, uh-oh, spaghetti Like, no. Like, come on, Fiona, that's a rookie move. So she takes out all of the money that she just thinks is free money she found in the cabinet, goes upstairs to Frank, shows him all the money, which of course they're about to go blow on drugs. Oh, blow on drugs. And then at the shipping container yard, uh, Lip and Jimmy Steve are picking up, are supposed to be picking up Estefania's boyfriend, except the container he's in is missing. And I honestly think they named this character Marco so that they could do this scene of Lip and Jimmy walking around yelling, Marco! I didn't even think about that either. Fuck, I hate Shameless. Okay, my one thing is why did, why would he have to be sent over illegally through a shipping container? Is that he probably doesn't have a passport or like, is he involved? Like, that's what confused me a bit is like, why discreetly he had to be shipped over. I think partially because he doesn't have a passport and he needs to enter the country illegally and partially because Estefania's dad clearly doesn't know about him and they don't want him to. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think they named him Marco for this scene the same reason I think they named Jesse St. James Jesse so that Finn Hudson could sing Jesse's Girl in Glee. Oh my God. 100%. I will not back down from that. I believe that firmly. Uh, but speaking of mistakes, Monica and Frank have taken Liam with them to buy drugs with all of the family's savings. He's, he waits outside with Liam, so Liam doesn't go in the drug den. He just goes to the drug den. Around the drug den, so it's a little bit better. They're okay parents. So Monica comes out. She bought some drugs, and with what was left over, she bought a fucking car. So they, of course, get in that shit show of a car and start driving around with Liam in the floor behind the passenger seat. Like, just on the floor between the seat and the passenger seat. Are you kidding me? That poor baby. And he's always in his big jacket, too, so he's just, like, looks like a marshmallow. (laughs) And they're taking drugs while they drive around, and they start to fight because they are Frank and Monica. And Monica yells at Frank to stop the car while she is driving. No. 
So they pull over, they get out of the car to fight, and then she abandons Frank on the side of the fucking road. She, he's standing out there in a t-shirt in the middle of winter, and she just gets in the car and fucking drives away. Sometimes I don't like Frank, but sometimes Monica's worse than Frank. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, gi- I'll give this one to Frank. <laughs> it felt bad. There's a lot of fun new locations in this episode. First the drug den, and then the side of the road, and now Mandy's aunt's house. And then we see Mandy's aunt house um, another time, too, with, um, what's her name? Uh, Molly? Molly, because remember, I Blip and her go over there to, like, can you take her? And she's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Lip knocks on the door, and her aunt, Mandy's aunt, answers with a shotgun in her hand, as, you know, all Milkovich women should answer the door that way. She tells Lip to fuck off smart of her but then he yells up to the window he's like your dad is hell-bent on murdering ian if you need to tell terry that the baby is mine tell terry that the baby is mine so that he will back off yeah because like ian like has like no it's not ian's we know this for one billion percent sure (laughs) but lips like it might a little bit it might be mine lip maybe got two babies on the way what he's a shit (laughs) and then over to the club fiona works at uh fiona is begging that woman for the job she was offered but it's been taken it's gone she took too long but fiona is desperate for the job but no luck it's gone and she's not qualified for the one that's available that whole this whole club promoting storyline i can't it makes me sad in a way (laughs) yeah me too over the school monica is picking debbie up in her new car and offers to take debbie on a shopping spree to spend the rest yeah i wonder what money that's from And Debbie doesn't ask questions, even though we've established Debbie is the financial head of the household. So what's happening there, Debs? Meanwhile, Frank is hitchhiking home and gets uh, picked on by a truck full of guys. Like, they're all like, hey, 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 come on, get in the truck. And he runs up to it and they drive away. Because they're all, like, stand. There's, like, a bunch of, like, guys work from, like, I guess, like, a construction site or work site that are, like, all in the back of a pickup. And they're like, hey, uh. And (laughs) they torment him, like, three times. It's so funny. Back in Jimmy Steve's hotel room, Estefania is having a little fun dress-up montage moment. And Jimmy Steve is watching it and is on the phone with Marco, who is trapped in a box somewhere in a shipping container. Somewhere. While Jimmy Steve frantically tries to track him down. And then Estefania hears Marco's voice on the phone and whoops, the surprise is ruined. She's like, Mark, is that my Marco? Is Marco coming like, here? Like, hears him say Marco and she's like, Marco? She said Marco? Yeah. And then back to Sheila's house where her patient is getting dropped off for hospice. He is a deaf, mute, ex-sex worker and addict who is paralyzed and dying. King. (laughs) The priest downloads Sheila on his whole situation and says she'll get $50 a day for food and whatever. And the priest is not going to be checking in. (laughs) Well, how reliable is that? hospice fucking department <laughs> right so she while she has the priest in her house is feeling very guilty and very weird and decides to confess to him feeling guilt about what happened with jody and the priest is like nothing that you've done is bad enough that being a hospice worker won't replace it like this is your purpose now you're done being a wife and mother and now this is your this is what you need this is to your do. purpose and she's like i 
thanks, Father. That, like, flips the switch in her head and she's back and she's ready to do it. Back at the Gallagher's, Ian is having to use tactical maneuvers to sneak in the back door of his own home because Terry Milkovich is hunting him. Goddamn. Terry apparently went looking for him at school. Ian had to leave school early to avoid him. And then Ian sees that Monica has bought out the entire American Girl doll store, but is frankly... And those are at least $100 a pop. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, what, at least 10, 15 of them? Apparently, Monica filled the car. And Ian notices it and comments on it. And he's like, car? But he has, frankly, got too much going on to ha- to deal with what's happening in front Where of him here. Where did they get this car? Did we imply they bought it with the stolen money? Or, like, whose car is this? Is it Monica's car that she showed up with? Monica bought it from the drug dealer. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then Ian's like... Not only did Terry track him down at school and he's running from this murderous Milkovich, but he did badly on a pre-calc test and now can kiss West Point goodbye. No. And she's like, what? Why are you trying to get into West Point? Just join up. If West Point won't take you, just join the army, my underage son. My underage son. So she grabs him by the arm and drags him out the door. Um, but meanwhile, at the hotel, Estefania is getting a spray tan, uh, because her boyfriend is coming now, and Lip is watching, because he's a human male looking at her, while Jimmy Steve spirals out of control in the way that Jimmy Steve does while he's trying to track down Marco. I love that man when he's frantic. He's so fun. He's so funny, and he just says the craziest shit. <laughs> Lip tracks down the ship and tells Jimmy to step the fuck aside. He's like, cool, I have a Teamster friend. This is where the ship is. Do me a favor. Get the fuck out of my way so I can watch your naked wife. Cool, thanks. Fair. You know what, fair. If she's gonna be naked in front of him, with and she doesn't care that he's looking. Might as well. Look. Might as well. Knock yourself out. Then we go to the army recruitment station where Monica has brought her 16-year-old son to fucking enlist in the army. I didn't realize they had, like, physical buildings where, like, it's, like, an enlisting kind of, like, expose. I normally see it as, like little like like fairs whatever they're normally at but like no it's like a building where you just walk in and go sign me up oh yeah they put them in low-income areas to lure in low-income people to join the army as a way to pay off a college that they couldn't otherwise afford you know just risk losing your life in order to pay for the college risk your life for like what the they normally have to serve for like four years or whatever minimum yeah in order to get free college tuition uh be in debt for the rest of your life, or almost die for a country that probably hates you. <laughs> That's right, we're getting political here. Um, there was a coup. Everything is political. It um, is, especially in Shameless. And and I, am I going to launch into yet another speech about how Monica's behaviors with Ian during her manic spiral heavily influenced Ian's own manic mental break and his first manic episode, including enlisting in the army as an answer to his problems and then becoming a sex worker at a gay club just like the one she brought him to and she was having a mania spiral? No, I'm not going to get into that. No. God. <laughs> it's too sad. It's too sad. I'm too right, and it's too sad. Ian finds out that a junior in high school who hasn't finished high school cannot, in fact, enlist in the fucking army. And Monica puts up a fight about it and yells at the recruiter, getting a little more racist with every word that's coming out of her mouth. Even though her and Ian are white, and it has nothing to do with their race. Yep. And it just gets worse, and then we go to the ball house. Where Kev is coming home, he's revved up and ready to make a baby. He's like, the fun of making a baby is all of the trying and the practicing. 
But V is not in the mood because she went to the clinic finally and found out that it is physically unlikely for her to be able to have a baby. Hmm. She puts up her hard V walls about it that she does when she gets bad news. She says it's for the best that she never actually wanted a baby to begin with, that she was just doing it because it was what Kev wanted. And he's like, um, what the actual fuck? What, what is this? Where is this coming from? And he punches a wall and he leaves. <laughs> Himbo move. Yep. That straight white man. Let me punch a wall when I get angry move. And then we jump to Fiona. She is on yet another new location. She's leaving her GED class and asking her teacher if there's anything else she could be doing. And he's like, why don't you take classes at the community college after you get your GED if you want to be able to do that club promoting thing that you want to do? And she like takes that in and like is considering it. And we go over to Sheila, who is trying to bond with her patient while also asking him if he wants her to, you know, end his life. Sheila's just a discreet like pull the plug kind of deal. (laughs) I will murder you, but sign these waivers. (laughs) Yeah, if you want me to, I'll make it end. I'll I'll put an end to your misery if you want. You got the spirit, but like package the delivery a little differently. Um, and then she tries to feed him and it's disgusting. I hate scenes of people feeding people, other people, especially with, I think I had misophonia. I can't stand the sound of other people eating. So Mm -hmm. like, is it like chewing or just eating? It's chewing. It's chew. And I can't watch it, especially if it's like goopy. It's, oh, it's gross. I know what you mean. Speaking of gross, Frank finally makes it home. Uh, He starts another fight with Monica for abandoning him on the side of the road. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Do you want to have another baby? Ugh. Apparently, so then she puts out a list of drugs they were on when they conceived some of their children. They were high on cocaine when they conceived Debbie. They were high on E, ecstasy, when they conceived Carl. And they were high on acid when they conceived Liam. I hate them. (laughs) And now, even though Frank just had to walk back from a different state in a t-shirt in November, the mention of drugs and sex has Frank suddenly very agreeable. Oh yeah, that's all you need. (laughs) So they go upstairs to fuck and all Fiona says is not on my bed, please. And V comes in with a bottle of wine or a box of wine and some complaining to do. And Fiona is all for that because everybody is having a bad fucking day. Yeah, everyone's not going through the best today besides Debbie. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, to make it worse, Jimmy Steve calls. He found the ship that Marco is on, but there is nothing on the ship. Mm -mm. And we go back to the cash and grab. Ian is working with the gun on the counter just in front of him in case Terry comes back. And Lip is like, what the fuck is with the... Like, Lip opens the door and Ian almost shoots him. (laughs) And he's like, is that fucking Linda's gun? And Ian says, it already shot one Milkovich. Ay, 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 ay. So Lip says he'll figure out a way to get Terry off of Ian's back and that they should plant Grammy's gun on Terry. There's definitely got to be a body connected to that gun somehow. They're like, we'll plant a gun on him and call his parole officer. That'll get him off your back. Sure, it's that easy to get rid of Terry fucking Milkovich. Mm-hmm. Ian's like, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. I was, I'm never going to get into West Point and Monica took me to enlist, but that didn't go well either. And Lip is like, what? What? Monica did what? Yeah, like, I still don't real like, like, he's 16. He's 16. This is Lip realizing that when he isn't there to be Fiona's backbone, shit goes fucking spiraling Especially out Especially when Fiona, like, steps down, like, no one's in cahoots with anyone about what's going on in the household, and then fuck shit happens. And he assures Ian he's gonna take care of everything, Ian doesn't have to worry, 
Um, he's going to take care of it. And then we join Fiona and V drinking on the porch. And Fiona is complaining about the job she didn't get. And V is complaining about the baby she's not going to be able to have. And they ask each other, since when have either of us taken no for an answer? True. We love supportive best friends, even though they're both going through it. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like... I wonder how long they've known each other for because, like, you don't really get the distinction of how long they've known each other or how long Kevin V have lived in the neighborhood next door. But, like, I bet, like, V, how much, do we know how much older V is than Fiona? I think only a year or two. I think they're around the same age. Oh, damn. Okay. Because I'm just curious because, like, it never mentions like, them being, like, child. Oh, wait, no. I guess Fiona was only. I feel like she has to be a good couple of years older than her, right? I guess so, yeah. Because, like, I've, I've always been curious, because I, I don't feel like they ever, we ever find out, like, their actual ages at the time, but then we have to infer that, like, Kevin V are, like, mid-30s or 30s right now. Yeah, so I guess they were, like, mid-20s in the early season, like, 25-ish. I'm really curious when, like, V and Fiona did meet, because, like, I'm guessing it had to have been when her and Kev moved into the house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I do wonder how long they've been friends, and if, Veronica is that much older like what age was Fiona when they became friends Fiona's 2021 in season one basically so she had to at least be high school like I feel like if V knows about the Monica bullshit from the past it seems like she definitely was present when Fiona had to have been in high school or like around the time she dropped out yeah yeah that's weird that we never really got a clarification on that did we (laughs) yeah and I don't think we ever did and I think like obviously everyone's ages in that show are so back and forth like we probably can never even pinpoint anything if we do as much research as we could (laughs) yep it's shifting time isn't real on this show but you know who is real is Jody we go back to Jody keeping a very white beat as he serenades Sheila on the bongos outside of her window because he's normally we're seeing him serenade Karen but now he's at the front of the house and he's serenading Sheila's window good as he should and he's so sincere about it he says like so quietly that like you're the one you're the one Sheila (gasps) Jody these two are so cute the next morning Monica drags the kids out of bed V slept over after getting drunk with Fiona because that's what best friends do. Uh, But Fiona is not in the house when V wakes up because she is on a run. We get a Fiona running montage. It's so cute. And then over across the street from the Milkovich house, Lip and Ian are crouched behind a uh, car getting ready to plant Grammy's gun in the Milkovich house. And we learn that the Milkoviches don't lock their front door because no one would be stupid enough to break in. Except for Ian who has done it twice now. Oh, true. Fucking criminal that we had this large of a Milkovich storyline with no Mickey in sight. They really troped on the Milkoviches so much with when Mickey wasn't there. And I'm like, wow, okay, I see how it is. Literally recapping all of these and then watching the uh, episode, season 11 episode four made me so happy because this is like so much Milkovich content with no Mickey. And the 1104 is like a lot of Milkovich content with a side of Mickey. Yeah, but it's so funny. Like Mickey isn't involved in the Milkovich storyline as much. Like he is involved, but like that wasn't what his entire like storyline was, which I thought was funny. Cause he's a Gallagher. He's a Gallagher now. Um, so they decide to plant the gun, uh, Grammy's gun in the mountain of all of the other guns on the the living room table 
And then, of course, as they do it, Terry walks in. And Ian is standing in the Milkovich living room near the couch when Terry comes bursting in the front door. And I didn't flash to anything in no particular. No there. No, nothing nope. that parallels another scene that makes me want to die. <laughs> nope, didn't make me think of just eight simple episodes from now. Not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so... He chases Ian and Lip around the house. Lip jumps out the window just like he did from Eddie in the first episode. But Ian is cornered. Terry has a gun in his face. And Mandy comes out of nowhere and puts a gun in Terry's face. She demands Terry let go of Ian because Terry knows who the father is. And this is between him and her. And then we get the crushing realization that Terry is the father of Mandy's baby. Yep. And... I is it this scene when she's like he gets drunk and thinks I'm my mom look like my mom is 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 that what happened what the it's in like a cup a little bit but yeah Terry is the actual devil Terry Terry is the spawn of Satan wow a supernatural tease (laughs) the fact that he survives until season eleven makes me so irrationally angry I can't process it um but that's because dennis cochran does a very good job as terry dennis cochran is a very good actor and i'm sorry that we're constant we don't you're a good actor and that's the character from their actor (laughs) yes you're a great actor and that's why we hate you (laughs) backhanded compliments yeah back at the ball house kev slept on the couch because he didn't want to sleep in their bed alone Mm, himbo they take turns apologizing for the things that they said and they say there are a lot of kids out there that need a home and this doesn't mean they have to stop trying to get pregnant um oh look couples in this show can communicate and solve their issues with words not their fists (laughs) who would have thunk and you know who has a lot of words is marco He's now on the back of a truck somewhere on the phone with Jimmy Steve and Estefania is like yelling in Jimmy Steve's ear about it and they get cut off because Marco's phone dies and Estefania says, Jimmy, you're a fuck, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. Her one clear English. (laughs) Fiona comes home from her run and Monica is steam cleaning the carpets. Who knew they had a steam cleaner? Because in a manic episode, you take on a big project that you're never going to finish. You know, like collecting suitcases or cleaning someone's entire home. Oh, this is, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) At the Milkovich home, Ian takes a second with Mandy on the way out. And she says her dad drinks and mistakes them for her mom, who we learned in last episode is dead. But in season 10, they say she ran away. So So who knows? They probably forgot that they wrote that. (laughs) Yes. She gets aggressive and protective, like, I don't need you looking down on me. And Ian's like, will you please chill out? I'm going to help you raise the money to get an abortion. I am I am your boyfriend and I'm here for you. Mm, you love Ian. <laughs> and, like, it's really cute. They, like, press their heads together and, like, it's, it's so sweet. Ian Gallagher, the salvation for two very special Milkovich children. Back at Sheila's house, she's trying to keep her patient entertained. He's got, like, a thing in his throat. He's deaf and mute. He can't communicate. She's trying to, like, figure out what he wants to watch, what he wants to eat, what his final wish is. She she can't get anything out of him. Then Jody comes home with milk and eggs, and we find out Jody knows ASL. King. We love an educated king. He was learning baby sign language for Karen's baby. I love this man. He keeps getting better. So he's signing with the guy and learns that the guy wants cake. Um, and when he gets rude and Jody's like, do you want anything else? And the guy says that he wants sex. Jody's like, hey, that's a lady. Like, he stands up for her. 
very cute. So the it's guy so apologized. funny because he's like yelling at him in like sign language too. Because <laughs> Sheila doesn't know what's going language. on. Because Sheila's just like, uh, okay. Yeah, because Jody doesn't even translate the rude thing. Yeah, it just Jody... gives us closed captions of like what they're saying. Uh, so the guy apologizes and asks if he can't have sex. He would like. He's been clean. He's an addict. He's like, if I'm dying, get get me drugs. I would like drugs. Uh, back at the club, Fiona is asking for the job again. She says, listen, being able to manage a household of five kids proves that I'm qualified for this job. Inventory, a budget. You try going grocery shopping for five kids with what's in my pocket. So the woman gives in. She's like, you make a good point. You can have a chance. Get an outfit. This is when your shift is. So yay, Fiona's getting a chance. And then at the house, the kids are pitching in with signs and they're baking cookies and stuff to help with the abortion bake sale they're going to have at the alibi. I love that. <laughs> I love this them. Is the good. This is the good cause that is the title of the episode. Frank comes downstairs, says he needs a cookie for his blood sugar. Trying to keep up with your mother is wearing me out. Don't think about Mickey saying Ian runs circles around him every day. Don't think about that. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I'm so sorry for everybody listening to this Monica storyline in season two that hasn't watched season four or five because we are physically incapable of shutting the fuck up about all the foreshadowing. Too many, too many parallels. It's a lot. Um, so Debbie and Ian take a second to realize that Monica is never going to finish any of the chores that she started. Nope. And from one house of chaos to... Because... Monica leaves, takes Carl with her to go, uh, like, get flyers printed for the for the bake sale. And in that, like, quiet moment, Ian and Debbie look at the furniture in the living room. They're like, Monica's never going to finish doing that. Yeah, like, everything's, like, torn apart and moved around. Like, the couch is, like, in another, like, just all over the place. And from one house of chaos to another, Lip comes home to Estefania tearing Jimmy a new asshole for losing Marco. And Lip apparently speaks Portuguese, but only because it's a lot like Italian and he speaks Italian. When we didn't even know he spoke Italian. <laughs> Lip, what kind of supercomputer do you have in your head? This kid is a genius and they just drop these things on us and expect us to be like, okay. He translates Estefania's ranting. And then we find out that Lip has a teamster friend that he calls from the local union that he's going to track the truck down. It's like, oh yeah, I know a teamster. I'm going to give, I'm going to give him a call. They know everyone. They can get access to fucking anywhere. Meanwhile, the cops pull up to a, a car crash. It was Monica's car that was being driven by Carl at the time because Monica makes great decisions. But like, you, we see as the camera like comes over, she like shit changes spots with Carl so that she's behind the wheel when the cops come up. Mm -hmm. So I guess at least she, that one responsible choice. Yeah, so she took some the blame for it, but like you still let your fucking like, what, nine-year-old son at the time drive a fucking car? Or how old even is Carl supposed to be? Who knows? Nine, I think, yeah. At the ball house, Fiona is looking up community college and she says she's looking it up for her and V's like, good for you! Oh. Girl power. I love best friends. It's really cute. On the street, Lip is found by one, like a, a cop is rolling by and he's like, hey, Lip Gallagher, I just took your mom down to the station. She needs to be bailed out. And like he told her, he told him about the car crash and everything. And then over at Sheila's hospice care, Jody gets their patient some crack to smoke. And uh, they make him a vanilla cake smoothie to wash it down with. My favorite thing is how they have to like, like the crack, crack pipe like through like the hole in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the man's dying let him have it let him, ha let him get what he wants uh she says it's a shame he worked so hard to stay clean and then jody hits her with sometimes it's not worth holding out life's too short 
Why not just give in? Yes, Jody. He like comes up behind her and he kisses her neck and she lets him. Oh, we love it. You love to see it. At the Gallagher house, Lip comes busting in because what the fuck? Now I have to bail Monica out and sees the squirrel fund is empty. Lip is the first one to notice that all of their money is gone. And he's the one who hasn't been home in like, what, like weeks at this point? So he makes Frank empty his fucking pockets, but Frank is all tapped out. He's got nothing. And then over at the police station, Monica is tied to a bench and losing it while Carl is just sort of sitting there, Mm shell-shocked. Lip goes to pick him up and like checks on Carl and the cop's like, Carl's fine. I didn't even put in that he was driving. I put in that it was a DUI for your mom. Like they were, they're giving him all the breaks they can give him. Fuck Monica. And at the alibi, Ian is running the fundraiser for Mandy, which Terry walks in on in the alibi. And Ian's like, yeah, cough up some money. We're raising funds for Mandy. You fucking asshole. Like to his Oh, the power move. Kev is the best, and Kev is still under the assumption that Ian is the father, so that's why Kev is like, of course you can have the fundraiser here. Come on, Kev, get wise. Love Kev. He will eventually. And then, uh, they're selling well drinks, baked goods, and guns with no serial numbers to raise money. (laughs) Master, Kev's like, how did, Debbie, how did you get people to come to this? And Debbie, we do, like, a quick little montage of Debbie handing out flyers and simply lying. About so many different fundraisers or what it's for. Just did a quick assessment of who the person is and decided that that's what the fundraiser was for. Smart lady. And over at the Gallagher's, Steve is pulling up for yet another rain check with Fiona. He's like, I'm just going to the airport. I have to fly to Florida and get Marco and then, and then this will be over. I promise. Fiona goes into the house. Lip confronts her, telling her about what, what the fuck Monica's been up to. And this is Jeremy and, and Emmy just get to flex. I, their scenes are so good. They get to flex yelling at each other for a while. And he's like, the first rule you learn in this house, you hide the goddamn money. Mm-hmm. I love it when Jeremy Allen White yells. Me Why too. Do I, like that? <sighs> I want him to yell at me. I feel like we don't take enough time to give Jeremy Allen White the credit that he deserves. Yeah, because... no, he deserves so much. He ran that show for like a good while. For a while! Like, Lip is my man. Like, all of Lip college time, that, that was his show. That was his show. I fucking agree, dude. Like, everything going on with Ian was great, but, like, Lip College... Oh, God, it was so interesting. Every really single ex- plot for from his college time was so interesting, and I wanted to keep watching and, like, be like, holy shit. Especially the scenes where he and Fiona fucking yell at each other like this. I love these two getting in a fight. It's so entertaining. So Fiona finds out the fucking squirrel fund is gone, and, uh... She, and she is a little bit broken. She's like, I thought, I thought things were going to be different. And he's like, yeah, how did that Kool-Aid taste going down? Yep. So Fiona gets mad. She storms upstairs and yells at Monica to get out of bed. But Monica is catatonic and Monica is not. She's in bed now. She has crashed. So then Fiona and her power suit that she's in, instead of going to work at the club, walks downstairs, kicks the shit out of the washing machine. And Emmy gets to ugly cry again, which is fantastic. And then she takes off her jacket and gets to work putting the kitchen back together. God. And then cut the credits. The amount that Fiona does with just silence, though, too, is just like... Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of the time, like, a lot of, like, earlier seasons when it's, like, silent in the thing and it's just her, like, in the kitchen or just, like, her walking around. You're like, damn, I can feel that silence. I can feel it. The season finale has a lot of that. I'm excited to get to it. 
Uh, so she, yeah, she gets, she takes her jacket off and she gets to work putting the house back together. And then we cut to credits. And then there's an after credit scene of Marco losing his shit in a contip- in a shipping container in a shipping yard somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just screaming, whole- sweaty and dirty. So that's the episode. That's the episode. That was a that was a pretty quick record, honestly. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, this episode I feel like goes pretty fast. Yeah, the last three episodes of season two barrel by. Like they're very quick. Uh, what did you think? How did you like this episode? As we all know our feelings on Monica, so I'm not the biggest Monica fan, but I, I really, I do like this episode a lot. Like, it's still different from, like, the other ones because everyone's doing their own thing at the moment. And, like, at the end, normally how, like, everything always comes together, like, that everyone has to deal with. But I really like it. And I I, I thought there was, there was more funny things that they threw in than just, like, more serious, like, because there's a lot of serious topics they touched on this episode, but it seemed like they really, really, like, dulled a lot of them down, especially the whole Terry fucking Mandy thing. Yeah. Oh, the Terry Mandy thing, I don't even have the brain space to, like, comprehend that. But, like, Ian just being a stand-up guy, Ian's just like, I, I'm i gonna help you. Like, the way that he phrases uh, Mandy's, like, she said that abortions are expensive, she doesn't have the money. He says, we could raise it. And she has, like, a hot second of what? He's like, the money, we can raise the money. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a good boy. He's a good guy. And then the lip, like we said, Jeremy Allen White is absolutely I, huh, killing literally it. Literally, he, like him and Emmy, that's 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 that, that's their show. That's their yeah. show. Um, that's, you know what? The absence of Emmy in season 11, I, it does give breathing room for all of the other characters to do the thing that they need to do. But some people, were, like we were even talking about Lip's storyline doesn't feel like it's doing anything in season 11. And that might be because there's no Emmy there. Because Lip and, Lip and Fiona bouncing back and forth with each other is like, is that's meaty shit. That's yeah. good shit. Yeah, I agree. And I really, I really like, like, uh, all of this episode, the Monica and the Jimmy of it all, and even the ter- Ian running from Terry thing was like frantic, 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 frantic shit. And then, like, the crash at the end is just, it was really well done. I really liked this. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm so excited to do the rest of season two. The next two episodes of season two are fucking solid. They're such good episodes, but such heavy conversations. <laughs> like, as much as we are Mickey stands, and I know, but, like, we, know, we that's not all we care about in this show. And oh, like, no, I love that show to death. Like, I'm, I still watched everything when he wasn't there, and, like, I can... I still enjoy it, like, even though he is the one thing that makes me enjoy it a little more. (laughs) But, like, these early, something about these early seasons hits different. It's... Season one just hits different so hard. (laughs) And Jody and Sheila, oh, I love, I love that they're getting together now. Oh, it's so good. I love them. And then they they only get better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but that was that was fun. We did that. Uh, we're going to put these episodes out as fast as we can. As fast as we can record them and I can get them edited. I want to start maybe posting them once a week until the end of season two. If we can barrel through that. Since we only have a few minisodes to worry about. Because mm-hmm. this show is going to be going through the end of June at this point. Yeah. God knows when everything is uh, going to be able to be normal. But, you know, we'll figure it out. And until then, we'll hold ourselves together and uh, try to stay alive, you know. Doing the best we can. Crazy world. (laughs) You know, every 24 hours is a whole year. Something new. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Please tell us your questions, comments, and concerns. We we got another rating on... Wait, I want to read this rating that we got on 
Apple Podcast today because it made me smile. Let's hear it. I'm so excited. There's no way to like comment on ratings because I wanted to comment because this was so nice. Uh, Someone, Bookman987, said that we have a really great host dynamic. And even if people have never watched Shameless or aren't even into it, just hearing us go back and forth and have fun doing it is enough to warrant a listen. Aw. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh my like freaking it, God. It genuinely made me cry today when I, when I read it. That's so nice. Oh my goodness. Who knew our banter was just as entertaining as Shameless? <laughs> right? Oh, it's so sweet. Um, and on that, thank you. Please, if you've got more kind things like that to say, comment on our leave us a review give us a rating give us five stars subscribe to us uh you can find everywhere to stream us on our website which you can find linked on our twitters and instagram at luck we had pod you can email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at abnormal amanda you can follow me on instagram at abnormal amanda 18 or on tiktok at, at abnormal amanda underscore 18 and then you can follow- find me at i want to die 4000 on instagram and tiktok and then if you want to follow me on twitter you don't have to but it's internet life yo and i'm i'm never there but if you want to <laughs> so that's where you can find us doing our thing saying our stuff and meet us back here whenever you can to finish recapping the end of season two and then evan we get to start season three season three it's so soon Season three is crunchy. See, I'm so excited to get into season. Every three. episode is like pretty. It's heavy. They're all they're all good meals, <laughs> and like it's a turning point for a lot of characters. Um, but we got to get through the end of season two first. And with that, we will wish you all adieu. We are going to get these up hopefully faster than usual, uh, because you know situations change. We get to record more often now sometimes. So let's get this shit done. Let's get this shit going. And if you've got stuff you want to tell us, hit us up on all those social things. And uh, until next time, have fun, guys. Have a nice day. Bye, everybody. Bye.